In the final installment of the critiquing series here on Locked on Cardinals, I've saved the best for last. I've done Cliff. I've done Kyler Murray. Now it's time to do a deep dive critique on Stevie Baby Steve Kime. I am so excited. Let's roll Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm ready. It's time. This Friday edition of Locked On Cardinals is going to be fun. I'm going to have some restraint. I'm going to unleash... And I'll sugarcoat just like a lot of people like because some people don't like hearing the truth. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. You can check me out on Thursdays on Locked On NFL where we cover national news. It's it's fun. It's nice to talk Cardinals, and it's also nice to talk about other things. Check me out as well as the rest of the Locked On NFL boys, Monday through Friday for the guys that host those shows, free and available on all platforms. Follow uh, the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we are wrapping up the first week where I'm back to being solo for the first time in four seasons. Again, everything's going to be fine. Alex Clancy, I've got you, okay? Everything's going to be a-okay. I've done the critiquing of Cliff Kingsbury, where he excels, where he lacks, and what he needs to improve upon. Kyler Murray, I did yesterday, where he excels, where he lacks, and what I think the 2022 season will bring for the franchise quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Today, I saved the best for last. Mm. Oh, I get to critique Steve Kime for the next 26 minutes, give or take. And I'm ecstatic. Let's do the positives first. Let's do the positives about what Steve Kime has done for this organization. One, he drafted Kyler Murray. Okay, let's get that out of the way. He got the credit for drafting Kyler Murray. No backhanded compliment that it was number one overall. He took a risk at number one. I will give the opposing side of that argument in the second segment. He drafted Kyler Murray, and it seems to have worked. He traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Good on him, especially for the package that he got. I will talk about the downside of that momentarily in the second segment as well. But he was able to acquire a top three, if not one of one, wide receiver number 10 from the Houston Texans after Bill O'Brien compared him to somebody who used to play for the Patriots, who wasn't a very good person, who ended up in jail. Traded for DeAndre Hopkins, got rid of David Johnson's contract. In the process, only gave up a two and a four. And David Johnson got a four back and a perennial pro bowler in DeAndre Hopkins. Good on him. He's able to find veteran talent, usually towards the tail end of free agency, as training camp's about to begin, that plugs holes in rosters where necessary. You give him credit for that. He drafted DJ Humphreys in the mid-20s a handful of years ago. You give him credit for that. Just DJ Humphreys got his second contract two years ago. He's in the final year of his deal with a big cap number this season. Kyler Murray's blindside is taken care of. He fired Steve Wilkes after one year when it didn't seem like it was working. They went 3-13. and 13. I have other thoughts on you know, that whole situation. That's not what this podcast specifically is about. 
but he knew that things needed to change. So he fired Steve Wilkes, whether it be, whether he thought that Steve Wilkes got a fair shot, I don't. But Steve Kime said, you know what? A new regime has to come in. I'm going to sign Cliff Kingsbury and I'm going to draft Kyler Murray. I think the biggest thing that Steve Kime should get credit for is the signing of Bruce Arians. And there's a couple different reasons why. You know, BA is a special cat. I, I was very, very lucky to work uh, for the Fox Sports affiliate out here, Fox Sports 910 Phoenix, for five or six years. I was on a show that had a very, very good personal relationship with Bruce Arians, his wife, and Jake, his son. And I was lucky enough to be able to interview him outside of Larry Fitzgerald's charity event. He does it every August and in studio a handful of times. Bruce Arians is a special, special man. He is. And his infectious laugh, his, you have to worry if you're on radio, if he's going to swear, you have to have the dumb button ready. Like the dude's a guy you want to have a beer with. The dude's a guy that has been the OC or head coach of five, you know, four or five of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Oh, the stories he could tell. He's been in the, you know, he, he's been around the NFL for decades. What he did to infuse fun and who gives a rip attitude, no risk. I can't do the no risk at all biscuit anymore. We said it too much when he was the coach, but he injected fun into football in the desert at a time where the Arizona Cardinals desperately needed it as an organization. They won 10 plus games three years in a row. What happened in 2016 is still an anomaly to this day where you lose to Chandler Catanzaro or Chandler Catanzaro missed a kick. They lose to the Patriots and Jimmy G uh, week one when Tom Brady suspended for the first four weeks due to uh, deflate gate at home, the late Monday night football game after they come off the NFC championship run. And then that was it. I knew the time had come that it was over when Bruce Arian said after week one, we couldn't recover. And that says a whole lot about the Arizona Cardinals as an organization. But Bruce Arians coming in, I think, is what you have to give Steve Kime, Steve Kime the most credit for during his tenure as GM since 2013. It's not a player he drafted. It's a coach he hired. And I think that a lot of Cardinals fans would agree with me. The rest is kind of TBD with Kyler Murray, Zach Ertz, James Conner, all the stuff that's happened more recently. I will talk in the next segment because I'm doing this on purpose. As much as I want to discuss other things right now, these are all the positives that Steve Kime has brought to the organization. Alex Clancy here. Follow the podcast at Locked On AC Cards. We're one segment through the critiquing of Steve Kime. I'm so excited for the next segment, even though I'll sugarcoat it a little bit because at this point, it seems like I gotta. After months of playing college basketball to determine the, the top teams in the Final Four, and will determine this year's national championship not Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 96 hours from now. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it, they got it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports development, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. As I mentioned, every week, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, 
where the game starts. All right. Second segment. Critiquing Steve Kime. Locked on Cardinals. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Those who leave comments, good, disagree, whatever. I love it. Twitter, etc. Keep the DMs coming. I want to be here and available to have conversations about the Arizona Cardinals with you. I do. I'm here. I've been in radio for 12 years. I've worked all around the Valley. This has been my baby that I've built since 2017, obviously with the th- with loads of help from David Locke and Ross Jackson and et cetera. All of, all of the people that have made locked on possible Tegna, like I haven't done it alone, but I've showed up every day and I've given you my thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals, whether you agree or disagree, and there's no stopping this locomotive. So thank you for being along the journey with me. Steve Keim is the worst drafting GM over the last eight years. By the numbers, these things I am not making up. These aren't opinions. These are facts. I'm sorry if you don't like them, but those are the facts. I'm going to give you a list of the top of the first three rounds where applicable draft picks that the Cardinals have had under Steve Kimes' drafting power. Let's start in 2021. Last year, Zayvon Collins, Rondell Moore, no third, Rodney Hudson trade. Isaiah Simmons, Josh Jones, no second. That was a DeAndre Hopkins trade. 2019, Kyler Murray, Byron Murphy, Andy Isabella. Remember who they passed on. And Zach Allen in the third round. 2018, Josh Rosen, Christian Kirk, Mason Cole, none of which are on the roster anymore. 2017, Hassan Reddick, Buda Baker, Chad Williams. Chad Williams, not invited to the combine. Still gets drafted, wide receiver, third round. 2016, Robert Kim DJ, Brandon Williams, Evan Bame. 2015, DJ Humphreys, Marcus Golden, David Johnson. Probably his best draft, top to bottom, with production at least for a couple years. DJ Humphreys, the first first round pick that Steve Kime gave a second contract to. 2014, Dan Buchanan, Troy Nicholas, Kareem Martin, John Brown. You tell me. 2013, Jonathan Cooper, Kevin Minter, Teron Matthew. You can give them credit for the Teron Matthew pick. That's fine. If Teron Matthew got the violation now that he got then, he still would have been he would have been a top 10 pick. So you give him the credit then. We're going to talk about Teron Matthew in a little bit. The critiquing of Steve Kime, the negative side of the coin. One, he is the worst drafting GM that we've seen since 2013. That's not for debate. That's not an opinion. That is fact. Okay, well, he traded draft picks for DeAndre Hopkins and Rodney Hudson. Sure. Wiser minds than me have calculated that the DeAndre Hopkins trade was most likely between Mr. McNair of the Houston Texans and Mr. Bidwell of the Arizona Cardinals. They wanted DeAndre Hopkins to go somewhere safe. He called his buddy Michael Bidwell. He said, hey, let's make a deal. I'm not saying that is 100% fact. Those are just rumors that are sprouting around their articles. Do with that as you wish. Steve Kime is a student who procrastinates all season, all, all semester, crams for a test, and then gets a C minus, a passing grade. That's what Steve Kime does. He pretty much punts on the draft. He'll punt on a lot of free agency. He'll make some late free agent signings, and then he'll trade for players. Get a C minus, keep your job, 
but not do the due diligence of everybody else to know what the hell you're doing in the draft to make it easier and not have to plug as many holes through free agency and through trades. The way you build a successful team is through the draft. Inexpensive contracts for standout players and you build, you give big contracts to veterans around them. That's how it's been built forever. Steve Kime decides, I don't care if I'm not good in the draft. I will band-aid this, the crack in the bedrock as well as I can. And if things don't work out, I'm going to hermit. These aren't negative thoughts about somebody. This is not a personal attack whatsoever. It is purely about his business acumen and his business savvy. Everything that I've said up to this point is fact. It's not opinion. I'm sorry if it's a little more sharp tongue than what something you'd read. Steve Kime is the worst drafting GM since 2013. Steve Kime does not put his teams in a position to succeed if one thing goes wrong, if one player gets injured. Case in point, 2021, DeAndre Hopkins goes out, everything goes haywire. Everything goes haywire, sure. Chase Edmonds missed a couple games. James Conner missed a couple games down the stretch. They went two and one with Kyler Murray. With Kyler Murray injured. Does Steve Kime deserve to have the contract extension that he got? Absolutely not. Steve Kime, another misstep on his part is he should not have signed Cliff Kingsbury as, as head coach. And it's not because necessarily that Steve that Cliff Kingsbury's never been a winning head coach. It's not necessarily because of that. So let me frame it this way. I think part of the part of the earthquakes that come out of my mouth when talking about Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, part of that is because Steve Kime gambled on the future of the Arizona Cardinals to save his job. That's where this Really, I think the crux of my disdain for Steve Kime as GM and Cliff Kingsbury as head coach is because, and even as drafting Kyler Murray, you throw that into this. Steve Kime after 2018 should have been fired. I mean, the majority of people think that after what happened. Okay, number one. Number two, he went complete overcorrection. Signing Sam Bradford, Mike Glennon, drafting Josh Rosen, Steve Wilkes, Al Holcomb, defensive, 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 Mike McCoy, old school, Sam Bradford, whatever, all the way to the other side of the spectrum, pendulumed all the way to the other side and went offense, 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 offense. It's like being a, you know, whatever. What he did when what I mean by mortgaging the future of the Arizona Cardinals for his own, just for his own benefit was if, they draft Kyler Murray and they sign Cliff Kingsbury to a three-year deal and it doesn't work. He's not going to be the GM of the Cardinals anyways. So not only was that self-serving to take the risk like that by signing Cliff Kingsbury and drafting Kyler Murray, but if it hadn't worked for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, he could have gone to another job and the Cardinals would have been in shambles for somebody that, Grew up in this organization. That was one of the most selfish things I've ever seen. Now, you may see this as irrational. You may see this as a different way to look at it. But if you kind of take a step back, stop defending Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury blindly, and think 
you draft somebody at number one overall that nobody else was going to draft that high. You sign a head coach who was the offensive coordinator for a college team. He didn't get head coaching looks in the NFL. And you decide, you know what? Screw it. If it doesn't work, who cares? I'll get fired. I'm going to go to another job anyways. And then you look at what would have happened to the Cardinals. It's selfish. And he gambled with the future. He gambled on the future of the Arizona Cardinals to save his own job. That's my opinion. And you can disagree with it. That's fine. But you have to understand the rationale behind it is there. This was a completely unequivocated gamble on the future of an organization. You say, well, yeah, but any draft pick is a gamble. Stop it. No other team I'm seeing is hiring a college head coach with a losing record with what happened to be Patrick Mahomes, who looked at as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time already. Well, you can't, you know, you can't recruit. You can't recruit defense in Texas. You can stick to whatever you want to stick to. There is no reason, rational reason, why Cliff Kingsbury should have been hired to begin with. Steve Kime was overcorrecting from 2018, seeing the writing on the wall and knowing I got to do something crazy or I'm going to lose my job. If it hadn't worked out, he would have mortgaged the future for the Arizona Cardinals for his own, for his own benefit. And that's unacceptable, in my opinion. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. What is Steve Kime going to do from here through the 2022 season? To vindicate what happened the second half of last season. We're going to talk positives, baby. I promise. Next, Locked on Cardinals. First, Bilt Bar. Like, they give us copy to read. I know it by heart because I love Bilt Bar so much. Like, I don't know word for word. You know, you're supposed to you know, personalize these things. Talking about the best protein bar on the planet, chocolate covered, 19 grams of protein, you know, less than four net carbs, four or five grams of sugar, 130 calories. Like, we, we, we already know the numbers. Let's dive deeper into this. There was a blind taste test that Built Bar did with candy bars and Built Bars. Built Bars won flavor profile-wise. Is that, Do you need to know anything else? They've got myriad flavors, coconut, coconut almond, mint chocolate, etc. orange, raspberry when they're seasonal. They've got these puffs that are protein-infused marshmallow that are, again, chocolate-covered that are good for you. Whether you're on the go in the morning, do it with your coffee at home, with, with your, you know, your, your breakfast. Bill Parr is the best-tasting protein bar on the planet, and it doesn't taste chalky. doesn't taste like you're biting into the side of a wall. And it's not like a full meal worth of sustenance that you're going to have to chew and get TMJ because you're chewing too much. It's like six bites. You get the protein you need in the morning and the flavor is there. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's take a breath. That was a tough segment that just went through. Okay. Alex Clancy here. Follow the podcast at locked on easy cards. Follow me at Clancy's corner. Steve Kime has peaks. You could use the same you could use the same metaphor that I use with Cliff Kingsbury. I hone into my Doug Ellen entourage, Adrian Grenier, Kevin Connolly, Jerry Ferrara, the movie Medellin, 
Great trailer, bad movie. Great trailer, bad movie. Steve Kimes had a great trailer of a career. The movie, not ideal. He does get credit, as I mentioned the first thing, for bringing in Bruce Arians. They won a bunch of games. Once the Cardinals didn't overcome losing in week one of 2016, that's institutional. That's institutional. And the leader of this institution, the face of it, is Steve Kahn. The one thing that I didn't mention was the contracts. He gave Teron Matthew a lot of money. And then he's like, hey, can I have some of it back? And Teron Matthew's like, hell no. And they cut him. This is not on Honey Badger. This is not on Teron Matthew. I know that the Steve Kime truthers out there will say, well, Teron Matthew talked a lot of crap about the organization. Not out of nowhere. It was Steve Kime's fault for giving him too much money. And then asking for it back means, you know what? Ask him to restructure. You know what? We gave you too much money. I'm sorry. This is a Jerry Jones light situation where it's like, ooh, I drafted that guy. Let's give him a lot of money because I'm right. It's egomaniacal. What is Steve Kime going to do in 2022? So far, not a whole lot. Brought back James Conner, brought back Zach Ertz. Got to give him credit for that. Over 20 touchdowns, you know, combined last year. Zach Ertz in the second year, in the first full year of this offense, is going to be gangbusters. I talked yesterday about how, how Kyler Murray needs to improve on his intermediate passing. Zach Ertz is going to help with that. What we saw last year early on was a Zach Ertz slant, catch in the middle of the field and run for 45 plus yards, and, you know, to pay dirt. He still got giddy up there. I think that's a good contract, even though maybe a little bit higher, 10 million a year than I would have liked. It's got to be the guarantee that you look at there. James Conner, when you sign another running back, which you hope they're going to do, whether it be a Melvin Gordon or they draft somebody in the second round, if James Conner is a 50-50 split guy, even for the money he got, that's the wheelhouse that you want James Conner to be in. So I give Steve Kime credit for those two moves. Will Hernandez, Jeff Gladney, I don't know why we're giving people credit for or for one-year deals and two-year deals, respectively, when the Rams, as I did a Locked On Now uh, yesterday about them signing Bobby Wagner, it's like the Rams are pushing like they just missed the playoffs last year, not that they won the Super Bowl. If you're standing, Pat, you're falling behind, and the Cardinals, I think, at this point are falling behind. What are we going to look at for the next handful of months through the draft and, in, and into OTAs and the regular season? Steve Kime's not done. Okay, We know that. He's, you'd think, a pretty intellectual guy, even though at times it doesn't seem that way. But through the draft, he's going to have to hit on all three draft picks. All three. All three. This is, oh, that's not fair. I mean, draft picks are such a reaping what you're sowing at this point. Do I think he's going to hit on two of the three this year? I do. I think this is the time where he's going to pivot and see, you know what? Because there's so many glaring needs the Cardinals have, and you know he's not going to draft an inside linebacker again? If he does, I, I quit. If he drafts an inside linebacker at 23, I'm going to quit. As people cheer in the background. No, um, there's so many glaring needs, whether it be edge rusher, wide receiver, offensive line. I still think it should be offensive line. He hasn't eaten his vegetables in a while. It's got to be offensive line. If you don't protect Kyler Murray, none of this is going to work. First round, second round, third round. Bing, bang, boom. You've got to hit starters. Game day players. I mean, he started Marco Wilson last year, traded up for him into the fourth round. They lost a fifth-round pick uh, because of it for this year. But Marco Wilson played last year, played meaningful snaps. 
So the Cardinals have so many glaring holes still because they haven't done a whole lot in free agency that it looks like the players they're going to they draft are going to play. So my plan for Steve Kime is I think he's going to hit on two of the three draft picks in the 2022 draft. I do. I think the first and second round, I think he's going to hit. I think this is going to be a changing of the tides because it has to be. And I think he's going to add a veteran running back. I think he's going to add a veteran corner. I think he's going to add a veteran pass rusher. And I think he's going to add a veteran interior defensive lineman. I don't know who it's going to be yet. There's a bunch of names still out there. But at this point, this is where Steve Kime thrives, I guess. Is that this is the time? Is this is this the time where he thrives? I think this is the time where we're going to start to see this roster take shape because it's an, it's an amoeba right now. A lot of malleability. It's a lot of moving parts. Don't really know. You can't name 22 starters right now. And I know that obviously it's 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 the middle of the offseason. It's still early. The still early thing was cute 48 hours, 72 hours into it. We're two and a half weeks in. Okay. The cuteness has worn off. I do think Steve Kine will execute. He'll have a solid 22 starting man roster to start the 2022 season before training camp. I feel like this could be the beginning of something great from week one through week 17 and into the playoffs and not just being happy to be here like the Cardinals were last year. I think that it's going to benefit the Cardinals from the experience they, they, they experienced last year. Hopefully DeAndre Hopkins stays healthy. Hopefully they can bring in a young wide receiver in the second round. I'm not team draft wide receiver in the first round. There's a It's deep this year. And the Cardinals aren't going to have their first choice of wide receiver. And you may as well wait to the second round if you're not going to get your first choice in the first round. There's probably going to be four receivers taken before the 23rd pick. And there's probably going to be a wide receiver taken, pick right before the Cardinals by the Green Bay Packers if the, if the Packers don't package their picks and move up. So... It's, gonna, it's like drafting ninth in the fantasy football draft. You're not going to be able to have your first choice or second choice or third choice. You're going to have to kind of see where the tea leaves fall and make your decisions based upon that. I think my closing statement, he's got some positives. He's got a lot of shortcomings. And I think that this is going to be the offseason where he makes me eat my shorts. Is that Bart? Bart Simpson makes me eat my, sh- eat my shorts. Eat your shorts. Yeah. Salute your shorts, eat your shorts, whatever. He's going he's gonna to make me stick my foot in my mouth. I think this is going to be the one. And the reason why is what I've seen as a weakness of Steve Keim is getting the extension because now there's no – I don't understand why having a, having a GM or head coach on an expiring contract is a bad thing. Prove it. I guess Michael Bidwell saw 11 and six is, you know, you get your green ribbon, you make the playoffs and you get a five-year extension. I saw that as a weakness. I'm kind of shifting my thought process on that and seeing it as a positive because now he's got the sustainability for the future for at least the next two or three years, because the extension doesn't start until the beginning, until the end of the 2022 season, he's going to see the garden grow and he's going to draft accordingly. He's kind of been drafting like he's been signing players on one-year deals. It's like, well, this should work now. If you can see a guy that's going to build into the foundation of this organization with Kyler Murray as your QB1 and Buda Baker probably as the as the quarterback of the defense for the future, he can draft differently, and I think he's going to. So that was my final segment of the critiquing miniseries, as it were. I know it's not Queen's Gambit, but it's close. 
Alex Clancy, Lockdown Cardinals. I'll talk to you Monday.